In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Hey, good morning, everybody. On today's show, maximizing your options when the government tells you it's time to take money out of your IRA. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman, along with Janet Walker here in our studios in West Little Rock, Arkansas. And you'll notice there are only two of us rather than the usual three. So we have a chance to spread out today. We do. We do. It's a little bit different. I walked in, I was like, there are only two mics on the table. It felt weird, but we do have a third mic. There is a reason for that, right? And that's because Christian Von Altman is joining us from Brentwood, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville, or really, is it really technically outside? I mean, it's really all one thing, right? I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a big city, but uh, technically it is outside of it, but uh, we're definitely friendly neighbors, that's for sure. Yeah, well, welcome aboard. I know you've been on the Get Ready for the Future show a handful of times, but it has been a while, and we're glad to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. One of the uh, many Gen Wealth offices we have in three different states now, Louisiana and Arkansas and uh, Middle Tennessee. So on today's show... We're talking acronym city, and so <laughs> I thought it would be good to dive in today with a quick little story. I want to take you back to a few years when I became a financial – actually, before I became a financial advisor, I had just joined Gen Wealth and uh, was new to the industry, right. right, coming over from another career, and sat in on the very first uh, – my very first Gen Wealth team retreat. At- and to give even more picture, you were still working at was. The, at the TV station as well. So we had this special event, and you thought, okay, I'll, I'll go and learn and listen, and you know, we'll do all that stuff. I like to say I wasn't even on the payroll yet. That's right. right? That's I, right. It was a volunteer day. Yes. So <laughs> I thought it was good to get started on you know learning what I needed to learn. And the first one of the first things that I mean, it was swimming in deep water. There's no question about that, right? But you're doing that anyway. But one of the first things that I noticed was. <laughs> Man, they have a lot of acronyms in the financial services industry. <laughs> I mean, I at one point, and Christian, I don't know if I've shared this story with you, but at one point, I started keeping track of them. I, I, I started writing them down in my in my booklet, and I think I was—I don't remember—was up to like forty, fifty. I, yeah, I mean, it, it was, was a—it was an insanely large number. And it, just like in any industry, you have your own jargon, and you just throw those things around. Yeah. But in in many industries they actually use words here it's acronyms (laughs) you know and and all three of those letters whatever three-letter combination you want to pick they stand for something and and poor scott was just sitting there going there's another one there's another one there's (laughs) another one i don't know yeah you you did already own an ira so you knew (laughs) that one yeah you knew that one yeah um but most of the rest of them were very new terms and and we're going to use an acronym today that is probably new to most of our listeners I can remember, because uh, nowadays I obviously have adopted all of that, and when I am having a phone conversation with uh, Tim, who I work with, and I'm at home and my daughter's over here, you know, they're like, what in the world are you talking about now? Because <laughs> it's all in code. <laughs> it all flies out. So, But I think the, the parallel there is, is we have to remember sometimes that 
you know, most clients, most retirees, right. they're where I was, right? They, they've, they've done a good job saving. They know they've got an IRA. Right. But then you start slinging all this jargon around, all these acronyms, and it's like, wait a minute, slow down. We, we need, so we're, we're slowing down today. We're going to oh, talk yeah. specifically, really two acronyms, but mainly one. But we have to use the other one to set up the second. We're right. going to start talking about RMDs and QCDs. Those are the two acronyms we're talking about. So settle in. If I, I would gather that you've probably heard of one, but maybe not the other. RMD is pretty common, but what it stands for is required minimum distribution. And the idea here is, is Janet, at some point, the IRS is going to tell you you're going to have to start taking money out of your retirement accounts. Yeah. So let's talk through that a little bit and kind of lay the groundwork. We're really focused today on traditional IRAs because when you withdraw money from a traditional IRA, it is taxable. Where with a Roth IRA, you've you've paid the taxes at the beginning and that distribution is not taxable to you. When you inherit a Roth IRA, there are required minimum distributions for you. But that's a completely different conversation. We're going to set that one aside for the rest of today and just focus on traditional IRAs. So when you get to the point now, it's at 72. And a lot of people are probably going, wait a minute, I thought it was 70 and a half. You're right. It was. It's not now, but it was. And Scott, we were just talking before the show. There are some changes that might come through from Washington in the mm-hmm. future to change these ages. But here's the deal. The rule used to be that in the year that you turn 70 and a half that you have to start taking RMDs and required minimum distributions. The purpose is to expose those assets to taxes so that it doesn't just stay in there and continue to get tax deferred growth. When they changed the required minimum distribution age from 70 and a half to 72, they left this other acronym, QCD, Qualified Charitable Distribution, they left that rule in place to begin at age 70 and a half. That's the one that we're really going to focus on, and it has the ability to make a difference for you on your taxes, on your Social Security taxes, and also on your uh, Medicare premiums as well. Yeah, and listen, Christian, we're around tax time. I mean, there's no there, there's no uh, way you can avoid the fact that there's a reason we did this now, right? I mean, people are probably still thinking about filing their taxes. If they haven't already, the deadline is approaching. So these are, I guess we could speak to the importance too of just having a long-term tax planning strategy when it comes to your retirement. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think uh, I was telling Janet before we got on the show today about, you know, the clients that I see when it comes to requirement minimum distributions, I think most people accumulate a lot of wealth because they they have that millionaire next door mentality where they don't spend money. Yeah. And then it becomes a point in life where it's like, boy, you, you have to start you start have to start taking money out of your your portfolio and and again from a, from a tax standpoint, you don't want to get penalized because in this particular situation if you don't take your RMD, you get you get penalized 50% on the portion that you don't take, right? So um definitely something to be kind of consider about relative to tax time and then I think it's a real good segue as we as you've already guys have opened the show into the QD, QCD side of the equation because uh, you can you can essentially do the same thing where you have to take the same amount of money but if you just do it structure a little bit differently you can save some money and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit more so very excited to be talking about that with you guys for sure. Well, I think too you know as Christian pointed out oftentimes when we have our clients in retirement income plans they are taking money from those IRAs prior to right. that but I think about people who have a couple of pensions, a couple of social security checks, you know, they're not really actively worried about taking out that additional money. 
and they haven't really thought about how they're going to do that. So as we kind of talk about what a QCD is, and, and you've said you've kind of defined it for us, we've already uh, unpacked that acronym, Qualified Charitable Distribution. It allows account owner account owners to differ their RMDs from their own accounts, given giving that money to an approved charity. So let's let's talk about how it works. Let's say that you have a required minimum distribution from your account, as, and it, let's say that it's $10,000. And in the course of the next year, you're going to take that $10,000 in one form or another. Most people, if, if they are not talking about a qualified charitable distribution, they're just going to have that money sent to them, and they're going to have taxes withheld, federal and state taxes, and go through all of that process, and then they'll spend the remaining portion or save it, reinvest it, whatever they're going to do with the RMD, but the money goes from the IRA to the uh, the client's bank account in most cases. The, the ability that you have at this point, though, to send some of that money to uh, a, directly to a charity gives you some other opportunities that you don't have prior to age 70 and a half. So let's go back to that $10,000. Let's say that in the course of the next year, you were already going to send, let's say, $5,000 to some charitable organization. Well, if you have that $5,000 sent directly to the charitable organization, then no taxes have to be withheld from it. So you're not going to go through that. And then you also get, it does not count toward your modified adjusted gross income. Guys, that is the key here. Most people talk about, well, you know, we get deductions on charitable contributions anyway and talk about standard deduction and all of that. And it's hard for them to see the difference. The difference is that whatever you send directly from the IRA to the charitable organization, any 501c3, then that is not included in your adjusted gross income. And it is, guys, the adjusted gross income that determines how much you pay in social, how much your taxes you're paying on your social security income, how much you're going to pay on your Medicare Part B and Part D as well. I think it's important, too, to kind of think through who would this be useful for the Mm -hmm. most, right? And Mm -hmm. when I hear you talk about it and and unpack it there, I think the first thing I think about is people who are actively giving anyway. Yes. Right? Yes. And we see that all the time. You know, I, I always tell people, let's look at what did you give in the last calendar year that you anticipate to also give in the next calendar year. And I understand, I'll use a church building fund as an example, because many of us have been through that process at some point. That may be an anomaly in your giving that you don't have every year, but most people, America gives more than any other country in in the world. And so most people have a certain degree of giving that they know without a doubt that they're going to do in the upcoming calendar year. So Let's use $1,000 a month just as a good, easy math number. Instead of sending you, you know, whatever, uh, instead of withdrawing whatever gross amount to get $1,000 to you for you to be able to then give that to your favorite 501c3, let's take $12,000 and instead of going through your checking account and having taxes and everything withheld and just send it directly to the charitable organization. Again, I'll use a church as an example 
what I encourage people to do if they're going to do this is if your church has been used to getting a thousand dollars a month from you, please tell them that that twelve thousand dollars is going to be your you know annual amount yeah. instead of giving each month because they do budgets too and they need to understand the difference on the cash flow. But guys, I attend a, a relatively large church in Central Arkansas. Pre-COVID, we had probably about five thousand people per weekend coming through for for the different services, and when we first started talking about that in a church that large there were only there were fewer than a half a dozen people who were already doing this with uh, with the church that I attend and so I know that there is a tremendous opportunity for people to learn about okay what's the difference what does this really do for me and if they understand that impact it can it can really be a game changer for you we look at it as a win-win for the investor and for the charitable organization because Scott if that money's not exposed to taxes frankly people are going to give a little bit more yeah. because they're not yeah. having to send x amount to the IRS yeah i also think i sat with uh, uh did an annual review update updating a plan for clients yesterday and it's uh, two spouses who have been uh, in particularly higher paying jobs and been contributing to 401ks for quite a long time. They've built up a really significant amount of wealth already, and they're in their early 50s. They have no children. Yeah. Uh, They have no real contingent beneficiaries, right? I mean, they're each other's primary, but they don't really have a real good plan for where's the money going to go after both of them are gone. And there's going to be some left over unless they have plans they're not telling me about, right? right, To spend a lot more money. So I think about the charitable side of that, right? Uh, When you think about the opportunity when they get older to be able to crank out because the limits, and I think that's worth pointing out too, the limits on how much you can actually send to in a QCD form are not the same as the RMD. That that is a very valid point. Many people are are going to base their calculations on the required minimum distributions, but you could do up to one hundred thousand dollars in your name, even though let's say your required minimum distribution is maybe twenty thousand dollars. You can do more than the required minimum distribution amount and still get these advantages. Christian, it's hard to bounce back and forth when someone is. Is, uh, remote, so I, I, I know you need to get in there. So I want to give you a chance. <laughs> well, the, the couple couple things I keep thinking about as we're having this discussion is, um, you know, I sit on a nonprofit here in Nashville called Stars, and we help um, with uh, counseling for youth in, in middle school and elementary school. I should say K through twelve uh, to keep it simple. But um, you know, well, the one thing I think about as it relates to this kind of thing is not only can it benefit you from a tax standpoint, uh, again, Social Security and Medicare. But it, it also allows you to see how people steward your money while you're yeah. still here, right? Because yeah. think about your situation, Scott, where they don't, you know, they don't have any contingent beneficiaries. They want to see how these people spend that money and apply that money and make society better. So I just think it's it's just a win-win-win across the board. Yeah. Um, and the second point I want to make is though, is you know sometimes uh, people question the value of financial advisors, right? Mm. And there's a lot of statistics out there from Morningstar, from Investnet. Um, Vanguard has a really good study on the value of a financial advisor. And, and I think this is a case in point. You know, when you look at how you manage RMDs and how you manage your, your QCDs, um, these are ways that we can help clients save money just by planning. And and you guys know that's the core of what we do at Genwell. So um, to me, this is uh, this is just one of those you know, a great example of that and a, a great way we can we can pay it forward. I think that's a great point yeah. uh, to make. And, you know, also being able to consolidate your accounts when you do work with a financial advisor is important if you want to take advantage of a QCD. Yeah, 
one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that even though your 401k has a required minimum distribution and your IRA has a required minimum distribution, you cannot do this QCD, this qualified charitable distribution. You cannot do that from anything other than an IRA. So if you have a 401k, you have TSP, whatever corporate retirement plan, whatever label yours has, this money would have to be in an IRA, which, by the way, that's a non-taxable event to roll it over from a corporate retirement plan to an IRA. You can make that transition, and then you're eligible from the IRA to do this qualified charitable distribution. I want to take just a moment, too, when we were talking about RMDs and the, the value uh, of an advisor and staying on top of the rules around retirement If you have not signed up for our Fastest Four Minutes in Finance, it is a part of the Gen Wealth Radio Hour, but you can also have it delivered directly to your email inbox, and I would encourage you to do that. If you'll text the word FAST to 501-381-5228, or you can sign up at fastest4.com. That's spell out fastest, the number four, and .com. And the reason I bring that up is because there actually is new legislation that has been talked about over the last 10 months, in fact, because we first did Fastest Four on it last May when they began talking about it, but it has now passed the House that is going to tinker with and change mm-hmm. RMD ages once again. And there's a lot more that it will do. We're doing a full Fastest Four Minutes in Finance on that subject. So the constant change of retirement rules. I mean, legislative risk is something we talk about yeah, in investments. Yeah. Well, it also it comes in forms of you just understanding what the heck's going on. Y- you guys know the KISS rule, right? Keep it simple, stupid. They yeah. do not in They Washington. do not know that rule in Washington. So I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, to really, uh, you know, we're looking at what they're considering now, but certainly when anything does actually become law and is finalized, then you really need to tune in to understand what's going on because they are not making this new RMD age a simple uh, process. Not at all. I did know that acronym KISS before I y- yeah. <laughs> entered the financial That's services true. industry. That's true. One of the few <laughs> out of the 50. Okay, so the fine print on this, and we've, ca- we've ta- already talked about some of that, some of the details that you need to know if you're interested in the QCD, but we need to get into kind of the fine print. All contributions and earnings that accumulate inside a traditional IRA are eligible for QCDs. There are There is an exception and that's non-deductible contributions. They're considered a tax-free return of basis. Joint gifting strategies, important to point out, mm-hmm. also not available for the purpose of QCDs. And what that means is, Janet, a couple cannot take both of their aggregate RMD right. amounts from a single account and exclude the entire amount from their adjusted gross income. Well, and and the reality is you can't aggregate your RMDs as a couple anyway. Whether a qualified charitable distribution is in the calculation or not, you can, as an individual, you can can aggregate your IRA uh, RMDs that are required. Boy, this does. IRA, RMDs, QCDs, (laughs) they're all over the place. So you can aggregate as an individual from your individual retirement accounts, but you cannot aggregate as a couple. So what we do see, though, is if the couple was going to give to the church, then, okay, it doesn't really matter whether it comes from his IRA or her IRA. They're married filing jointly. They're giving as a household. But as far as the IRS concerned, 
is concerned, it comes from either his IRA or her IRA. Another point, and, and Christian, we can bring you in on this too, that this QCD strategy can also benefit traditional IRA owners who want to convert their balances to Roth accounts as the QCD will reduce the amount of taxable money in the account. And that's overall a discussion that I think retirees need to have when you talk about converting to Roth. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the Roth conversion is, is something that um, we look at constantly. The, the one thing I look at is kind of what I call bracket management. So depending on where the client is and what their uh, total total uh, uh, percentages that they pay on federal tax, what we'll do is we'll just look to manage those taxes and pull out a certain por- portion of it that gets them up to that dollar amount and not much more. So we can really kind of do that in a very efficient way. And um, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, the, you know, when you when you look at all the studies, controlling the taxation hmm. is just a big deal. And and we, you know, as you guys know, um, with us, when it comes to our planning, it's a full contact sport. So we're engaging our clients constantly on these types of issues. So uh, for me, the Roth conversion is, you know, there's there's calculators out there that we can walk clients through and just show them the true impact that it can have over their entire retirement. And I've seen situations where it's, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in benefit for them to convert. So absolutely something we need to be laser focused on when we start planning with clients for sure. And then a, a main rule that we've already kind of brought up to remember when it comes to QCDs, qualified charitable distributions, is that the distributions must be made directly to the charity, not to the owner or beneficiary. So most companies, most investment companies that are set up to do this, um, on the paperwork that you fill out, you'll even give them the mailing address of the charitable organization so that it the check goes straight to them. Once in a while, the check will come to your house, to your mailing address, but it's made to the charitable organization and you just need to deliver that to them. The key here is that these dollars do not go in your personal accounts at all. They go from your investment account directly to the charitable organization's account. We already talked about the sums can be larger for the QCD than mm-hmm. the RMD. Uh, as we talked today on the Get Ready for the Future show about RMDs and QCDs, the required minimum distribution that you have to take beginning at age 72. The IRS says you have to take a certain amount out of your retirement accounts. But if the money is in a traditional IRA, you can elect a qualified charitable distribution, as we're talking about today, QCDs, that that allows you to make contributions to charity without having those contributions taxed. The receiving charity must be a qualified, this kind of goes without saying, but we need to say it anyway, it must be a qualified 501c3 organization. So you do have to make sure that they are on record with the IRS as being a charitable institution. And I think that on record with the IRS, that that is a really good way to say yeah. that, Scott. There are uh, some small churches, as an example, that you would think of as charitable organizations, and they do charitable things, but they are not all necessarily by definition a 501c3 so it has to be in the eyes of the irs a charitable organization and if you plan on making a qcd it cannot be used as a deductible charitable contribution if you itemize your deduction so if you use a schedule a you don't take the standardized deduction you can't 
say that hey, I sent a QCD and and and, and right. claim that off of the income, which right. would be double the double advantage. Yeah, you, you can't sense. double dip on yeah. this. So yeah, there you would get into the weeds a little bit on the taxes, but it can make really a tremendous difference. And in just a moment, Scott, we're going to look at some uh, for those of, uh, who are joining us online. We're going to look at some examples of an, an impact that this had with a a client of Genwealth, and we'll look at the impact it had on taxes, which will, I think, blow your minds, frankly, and then the impact on Medicare premiums as well. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about that, the deduction that you receive for making a charitable contribution now, if you are claiming that on, if you're itemizing your deductions, is not near as great, really, as the QCD would be. So I think that'd be the better route to go. It is a game changer. And I'll tell you, we have, because this does get into the weeds, even for us as long-term advisors, when you, we've got a program that will do this for us. You bring Mm -hmm. us your latest tax return, we plug that into the program, and then we can adjust the numbers and say, okay, how much do you normally give? Okay, you normally give X amount, let's key that in. Now, what is the impact on your Medicare premiums, on the taxation, on your Social Security, and on your taxes. So the program is going to tell us that before you make a final decision. And that is a, again, it's a game changer for for several people. Yeah. And and honestly, when you think through that too, about uh, itemized deductions, there probably aren't that many retirees really even doing that. I I would agree. You don't have a mortgage really anymore. A lot of times you're not, you're not having those items to be able to qualify for that with the standard deduction being as big as it is now. So let's right. talk about taxes. The benefit of making those QCDs, you can lower your AGI. There's another one for you. We said only two acronyms today. <laughs> we did not tell the truth. Your adjusted gross income is AGI while satisfying the required minimum distribution amounts set by the IRS. It can offset with other taxes too. And that's what we're going to talk about now, such as Social Security. If used properly, the QCD rule will provide charitable minded IRA owners with a convenient tax deduction for years to come and we're going to talk really on the medicare side you know we talked about Mm -hmm. social security Mm -hmm. there but really it's about the medicare premiums because this is really kind of a uh, a a ticking time bomb for a lot of people in general when they move into their retired years if their income and i don't think a lot of people even realize this janet that their income that they receive determines the medicare premiums that they pay that's right and it's actually income from two years prior now at the point that you retire you are able to tell them look i know my income from two years ago was higher and in this particular bracket but i'm retired and so they'll make that adjustment for you if you go to them and talk through that um, but it it does definitely impact the Medicare premiums that you pay. And we've got some slides we're going to go ahead and share for those who are joining us online. And I'll say, if you're listening to us through any other method today, go to our Facebook page and go and check out this show so that you can get a visual on these slides. For me, that makes a big difference, at least. So let's talk about how the QCD impacts your Medicare premiums. What you'll see on this slide is that based on your adjusted gross income, you have their different brackets. We talk about tax brackets all the time. So if you think about these as Medicare brackets, if you will, so there's the modified adjusted gross income at different levels, and you see your Part B and Part D 
premiums going up. And the key here is, guys, if you're into the next bracket by $1, yeah. then you're going to see that impact on your premiums. So if we go ahead and switch to the next slide that's going to show the sample impact on an individual. Again, this is a client that we worked with. You'll see in 2020, uh, what their modified adjusted gross income was, they did not have to take any RMDs in 2020. So their income level is lower. Then in 2021, they had to take required minimum distribution. So their income jumps up, which means that their Medicare premiums would have gone from part D, I mean, from part B, rather, it would have gone from $59 to $327 if we had done nothing. And it would have gone on Part D from $12 to $71 if we had done nothing. By doing the QCD at the level that they chose to do this, it reduced their monthly Medicare premiums by $217, guys. That's a that's a cash flow difference for yes. you. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And, and, and that's something that, you know, the strategy staying ahead of that uh, can really make a difference because, as you said, the look back on that oh, yeah. matters greatly. So it staying does. ahead of it and doing the financial planning necessary, uh, using the QCD as a strategy – and, and and a tax advantage mm-hmm. part of your overall retirement plan, but then also being able to give more to the charitable institution. Christian, really, it's a win-win, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, you, you, we want to pay our fair share and not a penny more, right? right? And I think, you know, just a little bit of planning goes a long way in these situations. It's $2,600 a year for that one client. And that adds up over time when you consider um, the, you know, the potential growth that could happen by saving those dollars in your account and the, the legacy that you can leave behind. No question about it. It's, it's, um, it's one of the things that, as you guys know, in my previous career, I was, I wasn't in the financial advising space. I was more in the, in the, I was in the financial services world, but as I became an advisor and you start looking at the details, it's the details is where you lose a lot of the money. You, you have these leaky, mm-hmm. I call it like leaky bucket, uh, you know, these leaky areas that you're, of your plan. And if, if you're not dealing with a competent financial advisor that, you know, looks at how these things affect all of these areas and how they trickle down, you know, just, just listening to you guys share with it. Okay. It affects your taxes, which affects your social security, which affects your Medicare. I mean, it just, it impacts so many different areas of your financial life. So um, QCD is definitely something that is going to be beneficial, not only to you, but also to the people that you care for in your community. And you can see that impact it. So, for me, it's a it's a no brainer to talk about, especially when we get, you know, into the the, the 70s and start doing planning for that. I, I think too, when you as we start to wrap this up, we've got about three more minutes before our final thoughts. But when you think about this in the overall planning side of things, and then I think about the, I don't want to call it a, a typical client, but really, I think a, a client will will or a retiree. Let's not call them a client. A retiree will will really fit into one or two categories based on my experience. I think you guys would agree that that either you've got your uh, retirement accounts on lockbox and it's really a break, break in case of emergency kind of thing that I'm going to try to just get by on what I've made uh, or I'm, I'm receiving rather on Social Security, pensions, whatever the guaranteed income sources that I have. And then I'm just putting this aside because I don't know how to spend it. I don't know right, how to make it right. last. And that if you do that, you're walking right up into RMD age and you don't have a plan for all of exactly. this right? that we've talked about. The other side can be that it is the piggy bank has been broken. Mm-hmm. I retire at 65 and I'm going to just start buying boats and uh, RVs or whatever the case may be with no consideration to a lump sum withdrawal from a retirement account and mm-hmm. the impact that that can have 
on your taxes. So I think it all points back for me that if you're on either extreme there, you need to find middle ground and figure out an, an overall plan to withdraw a monthly income beginning at whatever age you retire or whatever age you want it to begin yeah. uh, or need it to begin. And that only comes through financial planning. Yeah, it, it is. Like we talked about, there's a program that we use to help you plan how to do this. It's not something that we're even as financial advisors just going, oh, I think you ought to do about this much. It is. It's not a gut feeling. It's a calculation. Yes. And that calculation matters. Uh, guys, let's go ahead and look at this last slide that we were going to share today about the a sample impact on taxes. And again, this is from a client of GenWealth. And your situation, your details would be different. But this is an actual result of, of having done this with a client here. Again, in 2020, they did not have uh, have to do RMDs. So their total taxes that year were about $25,000. In 2021, had we not done a QCD with them, their total taxes would have gone from 25000 in the previous year to $61,000, wow. guys. Wow. So after after doing the QCD, instead of being 61000 it's 44000 Now, that's still way higher than 25000 I get that, but it's because they're actually receiving more money, and that money is taxable. But... In this situation, we've saved them $16,800 in taxes just by making this adjustment. And that doesn't even count, Christian, the total that you had earlier on the Medicare premiums on an annual basis, over $2,000 that is being saved in that situation. So, you know, would you like to save on your taxes? I think the answer to that from almost 100% of the country is yes. We know it's tax time, and, <laughs> and we know there are advantages to planning ahead in retirement, and a QCD, a qualified charitable distribution, is a great way to help your chosen charitable uh, destination for those dollars and to help reduce your overall taxes. There is the uh, final bell, which means it's time for our final thoughts, and uh, we will start, Christian, with you. Uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, I, I just, again, I appreciate you guys having me on. I know there, a lot of the stuff we talked about today was a little more technical, but I hope I was able to share some stories with you all that I think are are powerful and things that I see on a day-in, day-out basis. And um, to your point just a second ago, Janet, if you can save on taxes, save on Medicare, save on taxes and Social Security and help people that you care about, it's a good thing. So thanks again for having me. I appreciate it very much. I would absolutely agree. Anybody saving on taxes, that's a good plan. Uh, guys, I've got one more acronym for you. Okay. You ready? Okay. <laughs> I can't take many more. ACBC. <laughs> Acronyms can be confusing. All right. I think we all agree on that's that one. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So here's the deal. Qualified charitable distributions, when we go with this ACBC, that acronyms can be confusing. Qualified charitable distributions are complicated. They can definitely be confusing. If you're confused by what we've talked about today, you are in the world with everybody else, advisors included, when they're first exposed to this topic. It's complicated. It's detailed. But it has to do with your details. How much are you going to pay in taxes? How much are you going to pay as far as Social Security taxation and Medicare premiums? It can make a difference for you. I would just encourage you to get with an advisor who will work through the complications of this with you and simplify it for you. 
I got to be honest. I thought you said ACDC at first. I, I knew you did. It's a generational <laughs> thing. <laughs> yes. My final thought today is without a plan, the future is something that just happens to you. We've got 10 ways to shift your perspective of financial planning for free. You can text the word plan to 501-381-5228 or visit getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash plan to get your copy. And that's all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. Again, if you'd like to find out more about QCDs, qualified charitable distributions, and how they can help you in retirement planning, just give us a call, and we hope you'll join us again for next week's show. So long for now. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.